the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy and ADF, the Alliance Defending Freedom. Here's a piece yours truly hosted that I trust you will enjoy. Richard Haas, who's president of the Council on Foreign Relations, veteran diplomat, author of A World in Disarray. Good morning, Richard. How are you? Morning, Mr. Hewitt. How are you doing? I'm terrific. I just spent uh, 15 minutes talking with Admiral Stav about China, and I'm going to ask you about that. But first, I want to ask you about the rhetoric of the day. You're a veteran of media. You're a veteran of green rooms. You and I have, have been doing this for a long time. I am stunned by the Knight Foundation study released yesterday. In the past 10 years, has your trust in media increased, not changed, decreased? U.S. adults, 69% decreased. Democrats, 42% decreased. Independents, 75% decreased. Republicans, 94% decreased. Liberals, 46% decreased. Moderates, 66%. Conservatives, 95%. It's actually a crisis, Richard Haas, if nobody believes anybody. It is, and I would almost say it's, it's a proxy for something larger, that this is a sign of what's going on in this society, that we're becoming more divided, that one person's facts is another person's non-fact, that we're just getting more divided. And I think you know, if you would ask people, do you trust Congress, the numbers would be even lower. Obviously, people are you know, deeply divided about this, this president. There's not too many institutions that are escaping this kind of uh, perception. I think it goes actually back to second term Bush. But I want to contrast the rhetoric we are wallowing in in the aftermath of the murderous rampages in El Paso and Dayton with Robert Kennedy on the night of the assassination of Martin Luther King. I want to play this for you in the audience. Cut number 17. For those of you who are black and are tempted to fill with be filled with hatred and mistrust of the injustice of such an act against all white people, I would only say that I can also feel in my own heart the same kind of feeling. I had a member of my family killed, but he was killed by a white man. But we have to make an effort in the United States. We have to make an effort to understand to get beyond or go beyond these rather difficult times. My favorite poem, my, my favorite poet was Aeschylus. He once wrote, even in our sleep, pain which cannot forget falls drop by drop upon the heart until in our own day despair against our will comes wisdom through the awful awful grace of God. Richard Haas, have you heard even one political figure of left, right, or center approach that approach in dealing with the aftermath of El Paso and Dayton? Uh, no one in our leadership is is doing that. It's, it's, it's so poignant and, and so sad. And also, you know, the other thing that came to mind was George W. Bush after 9-11 going to a mosque 
and making clear that uh, our problem was not with Muslims. It was simply with the individuals who did the terrible uh, hijacking. And now it's almost the politics are going just the opposite. When individuals do things, you vilify you know, their race, their religion, what, what have you. So we're, we're going from the, the specific to the general rather than the other way. Yeah, we're, we're trying to assign, uh, there have been 36 um, mass murders, according to Tebby Troy, since George W. Bush took office. I began the show in July of 2000. We, and that means about 40 shooters, I think, about 42 shooters. We're trying to assign them as proxies of political parties now, which is, to me, just so damn destructive. I also wanted to ask you, Richard, you've been following politics a long time in America as well, and then we'll get to China. We had 159 race-related riots, leaving 85 people dead and 2,100 injured in 1967. We had uh, riots after Martin Luther King's assassination, 40 people dead, 2,500 injured. We had the Weatherman days of rage in 69, Kent State in 1970. We had 11,000 dead in Vietnam in 67, 16,000 in 68, 11,000. We're not anything close to 67 through 71 at this point. Do you think we are? I think in some ways we're worse. We're, we oh, don't that's have something that's as, as, we don't know anything as dominant as Vietnam, either in the casualties and deaths it caused or in the way it, as a single issue it dominated American society. But I'm much more worried about the United States now. I think there's, we're much more divided along many more fault lines. I think our political process isn't working uh, in so many uh, ways. I think the, the number of people who feel alienated from this society, from its, from its politics, and the depth of the alienation, uh, the, the language that is used that you were referring to, I actually think things are much worse. And for the, at the, the risk of getting melodramatic, for the first time, I don't feel comfortable or I don't assume that everything's just going to work its, its way out. That Amer- you know, the Churchill's old line about Americans can always be counted on to do the right <laughs> thing after yeah. they've tried everybody, everything else. I don't feel as nearly as sanguine as I used to. Well, that's troubling. I mean, I, I expected you to join me on the, because uh, we kind of think a lot alike on a number of things, on the, this is not that bad, the media is making it bad. Because I don't think it's that's that bad. But you do. I actually do think it's. Yeah, I actually do think it's that bad. And again, my question is whether we have the same capacity to self-correct. That's always been the great advantage of democracies, as opposed to authoritarian systems. All governments uh, make mistakes, and the question is whether we have the capacity to self-correct, and as we did in the past. And I would just suggest that that ability is, to me, not nearly as evident. That special interests have certain kinds of power, that our, our political class is unwilling to come together. The media, as you began with, is, is you know, it's much more divided now, and there's much, there's much less collective media. When you and I grew up, we know only a couple of broadcasts. There was much more of a common story. We don't teach civics in our schools, so people don't have the same understanding of American history and what makes this country special. So, yeah, I'm less sanguine. I, I was saying right before you, right before you, the segment before you, that I looked at David Brinkley and John Chancellor, and I don't see them on the media landscape today. And I don't see a Robert Kennedy. You know, he wasn't president. He was running for president. Uh, it was a political campaign when he gave that one-minute speech. I don't see yeah. anybody, you know, certainly President Trump is acting more like President Johnson than like Robert Kennedy. But I don't see anybody acting like W. We meet in the middle hour of our grief for going to the mosque. I, I, I just don't see it anywhere. 
No, again, uh, we have. That's a, in some ways, though. That's my point. That the the polarization, the alienation in American politics, I think, is qualitatively different now. And I think we've got to recognize that, and then it's a different or longer conversation about what we might what we might do about it, both in the short run and over the long run. But I do think this is worse, even if there's no issue as as big or as destructive, say, as Vietnam. All right, now I have to get from you just two minutes on China. We've uh, the the admiral identified trade, intellectual property, cyber attacks, uh, yeah. uh, the, the the South China Sea, and Hong Kong. Right. Are we going to get out of this mess, or could we elevate it to a Congress of Vienna kind of gathering of the region into a, an all-purpose solution? Well, the region's divided, and that's not going to work. And the region doesn't want to have to choose between the United States and China. Uh, no, I, I think what we, we've got is the reality. Is, uh, it's, it's the problem. How do you compete with a country like China at the same time that we're, we're totally involved with one another? It's much more complicated than the Cold War, since China is much more integrated economically uh, than the Soviet Union ever was. So the question is, how on, how on Monday afternoon? How do you push back on them in certain areas? How do you criticize them in other areas? At the same time, you interact with them. And that puts a real premium on uh, foreign policy, on statecraft, on diplomacy, on both sides. And it's, it's going to be very hard to define this relationship. And the real question is, how do, you, how do you make sure that you retain certain pockets of cooperation at the same time you're going to be competing on any number of fronts? And we haven't come up with that formula. How, how do you think uh, Secretary of State Pompeo is navigating these rough waters? He is. It, it seems to me that John Bolton has been assigned the hemisphere, and Mike Pompeo has been assigned Asia. <laughs> and it seems they're well, both. He's been assigned. But if he's been assigned Asia, he would get low grades. Asia has gone from what was the most successful part of the world. Look what's happening now. Besides China. You've got, you know, North Korea now has a dozen more nuclear weapons it had when these summits began. You've got Japan and South Korea are two closest allies at, at one another. We didn't join TPP. We've isolated ourselves from what, what would have been the best way to approach China. So I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't give Mike Pompeo high marks whatsoever. What about Dennis Prager and my argument, clarity before agreement, that this is a necessary period of clarity because the Chinese were eating our lunch? Fair enough that we raised the question that you know, the, the, the hope that China would somehow become more open economically and politically if we only let them in. Fair enough to, to call them on that. So we've been, but we've been, what we haven't had is we haven't matched the criticism with any sense of strategy. What is a realistic goal with China? What are we prepared to do to bring it about? Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.